Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Building a Better Body podcast. So if you're new around these parts, my name is Karen McClintock and I am the host of the show. I'm a certified primal health coach. Now that being said, I personally don't work with clients. I prefer to come on here and be the platform for others to share their real life stories uh, on all elements of health, well-being and biohacking. You know what, we're all different, so if I can give you knowledge from many, many different resources, it's more likely that you're going to find something that resonates with you, and then you can go off and experiment a little yourself. So, moving on, I am back after a little break. This is season six, woo, crazy, and I'm very excited to bring you some awesome guests in the next few weeks, and today's show is no exception. My guest today is Brian Gohl from Red Light Rising. You will hear all about him and his company very shortly, but what you'll also learn is how Brian turned his health around by changing his eating habits from being a vegetarian to predominantly eating meat. Brian is so passionate about health and turning up as his best self. It's clear that he really wants to thrive, not just survive. If you've ever uh, been interested in red light therapy, keep listening because there are a ton of benefits. Brian has also been kind enough to offer a discount code for my listeners. So if you want 10% off any of his products, go ahead and use the code KarenBBB at checkout over at redlightrising.co.uk. So thanks again, Brian, if you're listening. Thanks for chatting to me, an absolute star. Let's get started with the interview. Today on the show, I'm speaking to Brian Gohl. Brian is a health coach, a biohacker, and co-founder of the company Red Light Rising. Now, stolen straight from the Red Light Rising website, Brian has a real passion for wellness and he loves talking about it, which is great for me as an interviewer. Uh, I invited Brian on the show because I'm really starting to get interested in red light therapy. And I just wanted to get an expert on the show to tell you guys all the amazing benefits. And I've actually had a few questions myself on my Facebook page, so I'm sure the listeners will be excited about this too. So we're also going to talk about other well-being topics and such, but let's dive in. I am excited for this chat. Brian, welcome to the show. Cool. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Yay. Did I leave anything out there? Is that all you in a nutshell? <laughs> um, well, to, to um, get someone in a nutshell is a pretty tough job and you did a great one. Yeah. Oh, That's... thank you. <laughs> so your, Brian, your uh, health and wellness story started pretty early on. Would you like to give us a bit of a backstory of where it all started for you? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, if I look back, it's, it really started in my teens. You know, I was, I've always been kind of fascinated with muscles and working out and going to the gym. So I guess that's, you know, really where it started. I started working out at a very young age. And of course, you know, once, once you start down that rabbit hole of, of working out and building muscles, it doesn't take long until you start thinking about your diet and people start telling you you need protein, you need protein shakes and, and, and all that. So I you know, kind of just stayed curious and started you know, just working out and, and eating the protein shakes and uh, eating the, the big healthy meals at the time, what I thought was healthy, you know, getting my, my pasta in and my tuna salads and eating plenty of chicken breasts and all that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of interest in health just, just kind of carried on really, you know, and of course, you know, late teens, early twenties, the internet came about, and suddenly you had a, you could you had access to a lot more information, and I was just you know kept reading and kept listening and kept you know seeing things or people would send me stuff and yeah I just kind of kept um, you know kept kept an eye on the on the wellness game and 
just kind of took it from there, you know. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thanks for sharing that. Everybody is on a journey, aren't they? It's if you look That's back it. at your own life ten years ago, what you do today is is a far. Well, if you if you sort of start reading people's other people's journeys, you do start going down different paths and experimenting, and that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You know, you're never going to do the same thing all the time every day because something something changes, mm-hmm. something gives, and you want to tweak. Uh, but maybe that's just the biohacker in you and I. <laughs> That's it. I mean, that, that's that's the thing. You, you hit the nail on the head. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. And if someone had come, someone like me had come to me ten years ago and said, "No, no, no, you need to do this, 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 and this," I would have said, "No, you're crazy. Yeah. I'm fine how I am. It's impossible." So it's really all about your journey and your experience. Yeah. Because you try something, and then either it works or it doesn't. Yeah. And then you try something else, and and you know that's that's kind of what what led me to where I am right now is that I had all these experiences that just you know, weren't great. And I know we're going to get into them, mm-hmm. but they were, they were bad experiences. And because of those bad experiences, I had to keep looking yeah. and I had to keep trying and researching and learning. So it's, it's so important. Yeah. I, I always say on the show, you know, although people want to hear this blanket statement of you should be eating this and you should be moving such and such a way, but you got to tweak and take responsibility yourself and, and shut out the noise of everybody else. Sure. Take on board, you know, what some per- person is saying that might work for you, but if it doesn't, don't dig your heels in and, and you know par through just because it's working for somebody you have to sort of just take a wee step back every now and again exactly exactly what I, what I do find is useful is listening to what other people have to say and looking for experiences that are the same as yours mm-hmm. you know and that's that's where what ultimately led me to to regaining my health is somebody else said something in, in a random conversation where I realized that's the experience I'm having. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that person has the solution and they did. And ultimately this is where I am right now. I love it. So moving on a little bit, you were a vegetarian for seven years mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that didn't work out too well for you in the end. Um, can you yeah. tell us how you suffered and what changes you, you had to, you had to make in the end? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I kind of, I became, I mean, growing up in South Africa, first of all, you eat meat from, you know, from day one, pretty much, you know, there's a massive barbecue culture. Yeah, we have the weather for it. We have the space. It's, you know, the the, the meat products here are just fantastic. So Mm -hmm. I was eating meat all my life. And at about, I guess, 22, 23, 22, let's say, I think I am, you know, Facebook had become a thing. And, you know, there were all these videos going around. And one of these videos was this, you know, animal torture video by mm. that vegan organization, PETA or PETA, however you pronounce it. Yes. Um, and I saw this and for the first time I was exposed to the factory farming, you know, and I was just like, I was disgusted to my core. I was furious. I was angry. And so I went vegetarian overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I became a vegetarian and I became, a, I was a very, very good vegetarian because, mm. you know, I had all the chia seeds and the cacao and the smoothies and the juices and the roast veg and the big vegetable curries and the massive salads, you know, I, I did it really well. I ate, you know, like they say, eat the rainbow, you know, five a day. I was going for 12 a day. I was doing everything that I physically could to get as much vegetables and fruit into my body as I, as I physically could. Um, and things were okay. I mean, I lost a little bit of weight and I, I felt a little bit lighter on my feet. I, I didn't have the sense of like, you know, heaviness in my, in my stomach after a meal. So you know, I thought I, I thought I hit the nail on the head. I thought I was doing the best thing. And of course, the propaganda for vegetarianism is also so powerful. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. often based on on fear and disgust because you see these these awful images of these animals being tortured. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was disgusted into becoming a vegetarian and and, and vegan as well for for a portion of that. Mm-hmm. And um, 
looking back, I became I realized that I was so identified with it, you know, because uh, what comes along with vegetarianism is also a moral high ground. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to get attached to that because suddenly you feel better than everyone. And that's what I did. I, I felt a little bit better. I felt I had the moral high ground. I started telling everybody how important it was to be vegetarian. I started telling everybody how bad meat was for us and how bad it was for the environment. Completely misinformed. Um, and at the same time that I was kind of preaching this, my health started to suffer immediately. Um, the first thing that I noticed was my digestion was completely out of whack. You know, so I tell people now that for seven years I was either experiencing diarrhea or experiencing constipation mm. for seven years wow. on and off. I, you know, I, every now and then I would have a normal bowel movement and I'd think, oh, thank God, I'm out of yeah. the woods. Yeah. Nope. Next day, diarrhea. Oh, my God. And mm. and this can play havoc on your mental health because you end up waking up thinking, okay, what's going to happen today? Is it going to be diarrhea or is it going to be constipation or is it mm. going to be a normal bowel movement? Um, you come up with these excuses. Oh, I never had my chia seeds yesterday or I had that sandwich. I ate the, the white rice or I didn't have my lentil curry for dinner. I just had excuse after excuse why my digestion wasn't working. Sure. And this started pretty early on in the vegetarian experience that I had. And very soon after that, I started to get joint pain. Mm. You know, I started, I was working as a carpenter at the time. So I started noticing that I wasn't able to grip, you know, heavy pieces of timber that I was able to in the past. Mm. I wasn't able to grip them as tightly. And when I did grip them as tightly, my wrists would would really, really hurt. And then I started getting knee pain. You know, I'd I'd get out of the car to, you know, walk to the shop or whatever. And I'd twist my knee and I'd be like, oh, geez, there goes my knee. That's how strange, you know. And then, you know, I already had back pain, which is another story. But my back pain would get worse. And then my shoulder would start hurting. You know, I'd I'd pick up some, you know, bag of laundry and my shoulder would really hurt. And it would ache for days. And I'd think, wow, I must have really, you you know, twisted it out in some weird way. And of course, the excuse that I had was not that perhaps my diet wasn't working. It was, oh, my father's got arthritis, so now yeah. I'm getting it. Yeah. So, you know, I was 24 at the time, whatever, and my body was starting to fail. I had to stop working out. I couldn't work out anymore because it would take me weeks to recover from, a, you know, some push-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, it got so bad towards the end that I had to stop practicing yoga. And I'd been practicing yoga for, well, at that point, okay, I guess I'd been practicing for about, six years Mm -hmm. and I had to stop practicing yoga because even a downward dog would eventually cause pain in my wrists that I wouldn't be able to do it anymore. So it, it got so bad towards the end that I was, you know, 26, maybe 27 with a body that, you know, if you looked at me, you'd go, Hey, he's in pretty good shape, whatever. But I couldn't run. I couldn't play any sports. I couldn't lift anything. I couldn't, you know, have a decent bowel movement. Mm. Uh, I was just in a real, real, state and then I started thinking well what damage is this doing if I'm not having proper digestion am I am I missing out on nutrients am I deficient in something you know I started thinking have I got cancer in my intestines like Mm. crazy stuff um, was happening to me you know and um, so just really really suffering and then like I, I mentioned earlier I was in Australia at the time I was working on a permaculture farm learning about growing food and blah 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 and you know, the, the farmer that I was working with, a really, you know, late 60s at that stage, and she was telling me the story of her and her husband and how they were, you know, these powerful vegan warriors for 20 years. And for 20 years, her husband was sick. Mm. And they tried 
raw veganism and they tried cooked veganism and they tried vegetarianism and then they tried only purple food and only green food and only red food. And she said for 20 years, she tried every incarnation of vegan and vegetarianism to try and help her husband and nothing helped. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of plowing the field, listening along to the story. And then she said something and she said, I said to my husband, the only thing we haven't tried is meat. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I was like, wait a second. Whoa, what are you saying? And she said her husband got back. I mean, her husband agreed and said, look, I've been sick for 20 years. Like, you know, let's extreme, extreme circumstances requires extreme measures. So they got back onto meat and he slowly started eating meat again and his health improved overnight. Wow. And I was standing there thinking, Oh my God, could that be the missing piece? Could that be what's happening to me here? And at the time there was a nurse there as well. And she said, she chipped in and she said, yeah, actually, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of uh, murmuring going on in the, in the health industry about, you know, eat right for your blood type. And that's, you know, this little bit of research that suggests that certain blood types do better on certain diets and that, you know, I should look into it. And, and I knew my blood type, my blood type is O negative. So I Googled it and I, and I saw the book, Eat Right for Your Type, uh, read the book straight away. And lo and behold, blood type O is they consider the original blood type, the, the, the oldest line uh, of blood within humans. And we do better on a meat-based diet. Uh -huh. And I was, oh my gosh. So, you know, and I was still a strong vegetarian and still believed that meat was unhealthy, but... You know, I started eating bits of bacon, bits of chicken here and there, and I started noticing improvements almost instantly. I started having better bowel movements. I started feeling like my joints were healing quicker, and I was feeling a bit stronger, and um, and, I, and I couldn't believe it. I was blown away. I was like, oh, my God. So is diet that important? You know, I mean, what a silly thing to think. Like, diet is that important for your health? And you know that you know this this revelation and this experience of of eating meat again on and regaining my health you know just got me even more interested you know i was like well what else is there what else am i missing out that can really make me feel so much better and you know at that stage and even to a degree now like i'm still very interested in muscles and and being fit and working out so you know i started looking into how can I get more fit with not only with diet, but also all these other crazy biohacks that we're into. And, you know, that ultimately led me to, um, you know, the high fat diets and, uh, and, and the other wormholes, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. Amazing story. I love it. <laughs> Very well articulated. I was scribbling notes like crazy. It's like, oh, I must ask him this, I must ask him that. Um, but it's going back to the very start, whenever you said that you initially started feeling good, I, you hear that a lot and then you cannot help but preach. Sure, you can't. You mm -hmm. just kind of go, look, this is really working for me. You got to get involved. And through no fault of your own, you know, it's it's a passion thing. You know, you want to help other people. And then all of a sudden it's not working for you. The joint pain shows up. Mm -hmm. And what, what an amazing way to meet a couple and then it triggered something in you. Like imagine if you mm -hmm. had not met them, would you maybe still have been pushing through with the vegetarian way I, or maybe somebody else would have come I your way? Dread, yeah, exactly. I dread to think, you know, what, what might have happened if it wasn't for that chance conversation. And, and just to go to your point, you know, it's very, very important. I've learned this the hard way is do not preach about yeah. what you found. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just it doesn't work because what did I do? I came back to my family and to my friends and I told everybody you're wrong. You need to be vegetarian. You're wrong. You're wrong. And mm -hmm. you can imagine the tension and the fighting and oh, yeah. who 
shows what my friends thought of me, you know. I, I didn't lose any friends over it, but they probably thought I was a bit of a, you know, extreme whatever, you know, at the time. So that that's a tough lesson. And anybody learning who's discovered whatever they've discovered, if it's working for you, fantastic. Um, just keep up the good work. Yeah, and keep that's quiet. <laughs> just keep quiet, keep doing your thing, because those that are looking for help will find you and they'll say, hey, what are you doing and how can I do the same? And then you can say, oh, my Lord, I did this, I did that, try this, try that. And they'll they'll want to change. But, you know, in my, my experience, if you go around shouting about it, you just you just end up alienating people, you know, and that's exactly what I did. And, Absolutely. You know, and, and I really try not to do that anymore. I, I'm exactly the same. I used to be the preacher, but now not at all. And there's so many people coming up to me now asking about keto. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah, i am so happy to talk about it because they want to learn you're not pushing it upon them they're asking you questions and you want to give them the right answers and an interesting point yeah. there blood type i'm o as well <laughs> i am o positive okay. i don't know if there's a difference between positive and negative with regard to what you should be eating do you know any more about that um no that's something i really want to look into because um the blood type thing is a little bit controversial yeah, but i mean yeah, yeah. you know keto is controversial you know what i mean like anything you find is there's always going to be a naysayer oh, yeah. so i have been looking into it i was um i was talking to another guy on a podcast yesterday actually and mm -hmm. he was like wow man like o negative is like the best bloodline you could ever be and he kind of went on this like <laughs> esoteric rant about you know the well, I call them the royal blue bloods because they had this very old bloodline and all this crazy kind of esoteric stuff came into it. Sure. So I definitely, you know, look look into it more. But, um, yeah. you know, like like with biohacking and, and health and wellness, like I think there's a limit to what you need to know. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you need for me, in my experience, like everything that I learn and everything that I try if it doesn't fit comfortably into my lifestyle, it doesn't fit comfortably into the kind of life I want to build, then it's probably not that useful or not that important. Yeah. You know, so in, in the context of, you know, I know we're going to talk about red light therapy a little bit later on, but in the mm -hmm. context of red light therapy, it the reason why I got into it is because it fits perfectly into my lifestyle. I could add it to my meditations. I could add it to my workouts. I could add it as part of my morning routine. So mm -hmm. it fits and I'm going to be able to continue to do that forever. Yeah. You know, if someone came to me with some, I don't know, just off the top of my head, you know, let's just say an ice bath, cold yes. water therapy, have an ice bath every day. It just doesn't work yeah. because I can't, I don't have that much ice to use every day. <laughs> yes. You know, just for a, a silly example, there's ways around that. Of course, we can talk about that. But, yeah. That's you know, so funny. I literally knew you were going to say an ice bath. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I don't know intuition. <laughs> I love it. It's very. I have done yeah. one once, and it was great. But yeah, I for number one, I'm always cold, so I'm not really mm -hmm. <laughs> loving the but ice. You should bath. do it even more. I know. I've heard that before. <laughs> um, even I find it difficult to turn the, the shower to cold at the minute. But we're it's cold here right now, so maybe yeah. I'll do it in the summer a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you're so lucky. It's so funny you say that. I mean, it's typical. Like, yeah. I'm in South Africa now. It's boiling hot. The tap water is not cold at all. Oh, wow. And I got obviously a lot of friends in the UK that are that have got their own ice baths, their own like tubs of water sitting in mm -hmm. their garden, yeah. frozen every day, and they're jumping in them every day. And I'm just like, oh man, I want to be able to do ice bath. It's yeah. it's so powerful. It's it's one of those things that like, especially in in, the, in Northern Europe right now, like you have you have health on tap. Yeah. You have powerful health benefits coming out of your tap For that sure. you know could be, could be utilized. It's, it's so fascinating. I uh, I interviewed a guy on here, Scott Riley. He does the Wim Hof workshops, but what he also mm -hmm. does is a 
um, what is it called? Splash and dash every Sunday morning into the sea. Uh, every cool. Sunday without fail. I have not gone because it's a wee bit too far for me, but uh, okay. he has a ton of followers to, that go along and do that with him. So it's amazing to see. Awesome, it's awesome. And I mean, you've got the cold showers. Like the water that's coming out of your tap right now is cold enough. Oh, yeah. That's all you need, you know. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> exactly. Just to go back a little bit, Brian, um, do you think it's possible to be a healthy vegetarian? Maybe that would be a bloodline type of thing, but do you think eventually something's going to give, well, I, something's going to suffer? Uh, I, I mean, it's, it, it depends what you define as healthy, yeah. for one. I mean, there's, there's so much nuance in that, you know. So the reason why I say that is because to, to put some context to it, when I went vegetarian, I was with a girl. I was in a relationship. We went vegetarian at the same time. And she's still vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like um, uh, her digestion didn't suffer. Her joints didn't suffer. Um, and she, she considers it to be healthy. Now, now, the reason why I say it depends how you define health is because – you know, she, I mean, I love her to death. And, and if she hears this, she's going to know I'm talking about her. <laughs> but, um, you know, she, she's not in the best shape. Sure. Okay. And now for me, my definition of health is that I want to be, I don't want to have excess body fat. Yep. Okay. That's, that's is linked to a number of uh, lifestyle diseases. Okay. And, and something that I noticed as well, as mean as this is going to sound, is that when I was with her initially, when she was eating meat, she had beautiful, long, thick hair. It's something mm-hmm. I really loved about it. And now that she's vegetarian, like all these years later, her hair is thinner and like more wiry. Mm. Um, you know, she's still in a great mood and she's a lovely person. I love her to death. But when I look at her, she, in my opinion, and what I consider to be optimal health, she isn't in optimal health. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, is, is it possible to be a healthy vegetarian? Depends what you consider healthy. Yeah. you know like does if, she feel does she like, feel good you know every day does she wake up and feel well she's i mean like i say she's in a great mood and she's really enjoying life and she's got a wonderful life so sure. you know that she's got every reason to think she is healthy but you know like for me to I, i'm looking at her and she's putting on weight over the years as the years go on she's putting on weight and that's directly mm-hmm. related to her diet mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. her hair is getting thinner and thinner and thinner and that's directly related to her diet and mm-hmm. if your hair is getting thin that's one of the symptoms that you're malnourished or you have some kind of inflammation going on and something really crazy and controversial which i'm going to share with you now mm-hmm. i've started sharing this publicly is that i mean i've got a receding hairline i've got male pattern baldness and i no word of a lie in the last few months my hair has started growing back on the top of my head i love it i okay. love it it's, it's very very subtle but i i noticed it so yeah. I told my best friend, and he's like, oh, my God, I think you're right. I told my sister, who hasn't seen me in years, she's like, oh, my God, you're right. I told my mother. My mother said, your hair is growing back. And I swear that the combination of you know, my, my current diet is yeah. almost strict carnival mm-hmm. and red light therapy. Love it. Yeah, we'll del- delve into that back. shortly. Madness. Actually, um, talking of genetics, um, you know, the way you were talking about, uh, was it joint pain that was in your family? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, my family would definitely have, especially my, for my mother's side, thin hair, and mm. my hair has got thicker for sure. Definitely more shiny, Dang. definitely more thicker. I could be the diet as a whole that I'm on, but I put it mainly recently down to the collagen supplements that I'm taking. The, the um, awesome, really good supplement of collagen and bone broth whenever I can. But it all mm-hmm. shows in the exterior, and you can almost take that for granted until you stop and think for a moment and go, "This is what I'm putting in is coming out." Yeah, <laughs> on the outside. Yeah, yeah, exactly, hundred percent. 
100%. So you're now sort of a high fat advocate. Um, whenever you started eating this way, what were the immediate, well, you said you noticed immediate changes. So, I mean, if you were to take something that was maybe inflammatory, do you, would you notice it right away? Even Maybe you don't even eat anything that's inflammatory, but would there be a big um, difference? I do notice it, you know, and it's, uh, but uh, the, part of this journey is that we, be, we begin to become very, very sensitive to our bodies and what's changing. Because when you're eating a standard Western diet, you're eating all sorts of crap and all sorts of junk food, and you're just in a general state of inflammation all the time. So you're puffy, you're chubby, you're low on energy, you're a little bit, uh, you know, you don't have the great focus. So what I found in my experience is I went from, you know, vegetarianism to eating meat again. And then I found the bulletproof diet, which mm. I'm sure you're aware of is, um, you know, very popular way of eating. It's a low carb, high fat way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started drinking the bulletproof coffee, which is, you know, very briefly is the coffee blended with butter and, and some other high quality oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just kept going, you know, so bulletproof is a, is a certain number of carbs per day. Keto is even less carbs per day. Mm-hmm. Strict keto is even less. And of course, when you lower your carbs, you increase your fat and, mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. And what I started to notice is that when I was taking in less carbs and more fat, I had less joint pain. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I literally imagined it like, well, all this extra fat and oil is literally lubing up my joints. Yeah. That's the way I saw it. I was mm-hmm. like, well, it makes perfect sense, you know, and then um, all the extra meat and all the extra collagen, you know, I was doing a lot of bone broth and, and collagen supplements for a while. All of this contributes to joint health and skin health and hair health. Um, and I started noticing I had more energy during the day. I had less hunger. My cravings went away. Um, I wouldn't get as grumpy. I mean, I, I almost never get grumpy now. And when I do, I realize, you know, either I've fallen off my diet train and I've been eating cake or whatever and then I get grumpy the mood goes down the toilet Um, and that's about the only time you know so I I immediately started noticing these these mood benefits and this 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 lack of hunger and um, Mm. lack of cravings and then my you know at the same time my strength you know the strength and the 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 physical body takes a bit longer to heal you know you can you can change your mood pretty quick with diet but with joints and my muscles, it, it took a bit longer, but it, it, it started coming within a few months of, of changing, you know, to the bulletproof diet and then a more high fat diet yeah. after that. Brilliant. I just want people to hear that, you know, that there's change is within grasp. You can make a small yeah. tweak tomorrow and you can notice a difference the next day. It's just 100%. about making that decision today. I'm going to make yeah. a change. I love it. You know, so, so to, to, just to go back to the inflammation there, um, mm-hmm. something that is, it really, really surprises people, the, the, the foods that trigger my inflammation and, the, and a food, strangely enough, that I've found that triggers my joint pain is tomato. Yeah. Now, when I think back to my vegetarian days, I was eating tomato all day, every day, because it was it's a, such a lovely little fruit. Mm-hmm. to throw into all your salads you can throw it into all your curries you can roast it so i was eating so many tomatoes and i had so much joint pain yep you know so that's something now that i mean i don't eat tomato now and when i do I, I, then two days later i'm like oh man my wrist is sore and i'll always think for a few minutes did i knock it did i like you know do a push-ups in the wrong way and i was like oh wait no i had tomatoes the other day I love and it's, that. it's just amazing how it you know it, it works so quickly and so obviously almost and another telltale sign for me is um uh, puffiness yeah, you know, and, and and a lot of people might, you know, that might be sound like a weird thing, unless you are very sensitive to how your body feels and looks. But, mm-hmm. 
you know, if I go, like, for example, I just recently did a meditation course where they provided food and it was all vegetarian food. And of course, I ate the food and it was delicious, mm. but I got puffy like the marshmallow man within a day. Yeah. You know, you get all this liquid inflammation underneath your skin and, you, you know, it looks like you've put on two pounds, you know, and you're like this little puffy Teletubby. Yeah. And then, of course, I, I started fasting after that for a couple of days and all that water weight, all that puffiness disappeared. All that inflammation was, was wiped out very quickly. Brilliant. You've created an, an awful lot of awareness. You know, you can really hone in on what you've done and what the consequences are. I guess a lot mm -hmm. of people don't know how to do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. or, exactly. I mean, it, yeah, like I was saying, it's just that sensitivity that you pick up and, and, and you have to inter, in, um, understand intellectually that every single thing I put in my body is going to affect me. Yeah. So if you eat a tomato and then you have a sore knee, they can be related. Yep. As wild as that sounds, they can be. You might just have knocked your knee. That is, sure, of course, sure. possible as well. Yeah. But that's the way I started looking at everything is it can be related to what I've just eaten. It's nightshades basically could be what your trigger is. Would that yes, be? yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 100%. I'm pretty sure my mom needs to hear this. <laughs> mm. Well, <laughs> yeah. don't force it on her. No, exactly. Um, just want to listen to minute number 52 and uh, you'll be able to yeah. pick yeah. a point from that. Um, so, Brian, let's talk red light, the exciting stuff. So sure. I've been reading the book, um, The Ultimate Guide to Red Light Therapy. Have you read that one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Uh, it's a brilliant, brilliant book and I'm absolutely sold on it. And as you know, I've got my target red light. Uh, mm -hmm. I only got it two days ago, but every day I'm using it every day, all those two days. Right. <laughs> but I love it. Obviously all a bit early for me to sort of tell what it's going to do for me. But I have a bit of a, a tweaky shoulder and I was putting it on that and it just feels good regardless mm -hmm. of what mm -hmm. the long term effect's going to be. It just feels good. Um, but for those who have no clue, what exactly is red light therapy and what improvements have you seen maybe in yourself and others? Yeah, so it's a great question because red light therapy does seem kind of, you know, a little bit like snake oil because it's like, well, how come on? How can red light, you know, be, be so beneficial to the human body? Mm -hmm. But um, what's so exciting is about, about it is that there is literally thousands of scientific studies um, all producing the same results saying red light therapy is incredibly healthy for the humans. And, and what it is, it, just in this context, is it's we create, you know, my company Red Light Rising, we create these very, very powerful lights. They come in different shapes and sizes. And what they do is they shine a very bright red light and also a very powerful infrared light, which is invisible. Um, and you shine that on your skin, on your body, on your face. And what's unique about these these two wavelengths of light, um, the red and the infrared light, is that they are able to penetrate the body up to a, from from obviously surface level up to a depth of about five centimeters. Now, if you know if you if your listeners can imagine five centimeters, you know fifty millimeters, two inches, that's mm -hmm. quite a lot. If sure. you if you think about how deep that is into your body, that's through your skull into your brain, that's through your eyes to the back of your eyes, that's through your skin into your organs, your muscles, your joints, your blood, everything. And what scientists have found, it was actually NASA that discovered it um, way back in the 1940s, around there. Um, they discovered that red light and infrared light is able to penetrate the body and when it does this, when it hits the cells of our bodies, it does two very important things. It does, it does have a lot of important things, but the two main benefits that science is finding over and over again is, is happening in the body is that there is one, there is an increase in mitochondrial energy production. 
-hmm. Now, the mitochondria are the powerhouses in the cells. We have billions and billions, trillions of them throughout our bodies in all the cells of our bodies from the hair cells to the, the skin cells and the muscle cells, the organ cells, the blood, everything in your body, all the tissue is made up of cells. Inside these cells is mitochondria. These mitochondria create the energy for that cell to function and red and infrared light increases that energy production so that those cells have more energy to do whatever their job is. So that's the first benefit. Mm -hmm. The second benefit that we're finding is when the light penetrates these cells and penetrates the body, it is causing an, uh, what we call a hormetic stressor. So it's, it's like exercise. It's a hormetic stressor. You do a little bit of damage to your body temporarily so that your body comes back bigger, stronger, and better, and better able to handle uh, whatever stress you throw at it next time. Mm -hmm. So red and infrared light does the same thing. It causes an increase in anti-inflammatory enzymes uh, to be produced by these cells to fight off this, you know, this quote unquote light stress, this very slight damage that then releases these anti-inflammatories. These anti-inflammatories go into the blood and circulate throughout the body. So wherever you might be experiencing inflammation, you get this, this boost in anti-inflammatory action that of course just benefits your body. And, and as you know, and I'm sure most of your listeners will know that inflammation is the root of all dis-ease and all major lifestyle uh, diseases of the modern world. So these are these two very powerful benefits we get from red light therapy. Very good. I love it. <laughs> so we have an energy booster and the ability to come back stronger. Exactly. Are exactly. there any, I got a Facebook question, are there any negative effects? Because do you know the way we're just so scared of light? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sunlight, yeah. different, well, we don't know enough about it, I guess, to, to know what is it going to do to us? Yeah, no, so red light therapy, I mean, a, a lot of, a question that we get all the time is, is it going to damage the skin? Is it, is I, am I going to get sunburned? Yeah. Uh, and the answer is no, because there is no UV light mm -hmm. in our devices. So UV light is very different to uh, red light and infrared, uh, and infrared light. So there's, there's no damage in that sense. And at this stage, currently, there have been no negative side effects reported with regular use of red light therapy. Uh, there's nothing coming up. And obviously, we keep on it and you know our community is very very vocal and and they you know no one has ever pointed anything out to us there is nothing in the scientific literature mm -hmm. um, to suggest that there's any any negative side effects um, there is the recommend recommended use of of red light therapy is 20 minutes a day yeah. So with the light that you've got, for example, you, you only need 20 minutes, you know, you stick a 10 minutes on your on your tricky shoulder, mm -hmm. you give yourself 10 minutes of your face or 10 minutes over your chest or over your organs, wherever you decide. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And the reason why we say 10 minutes is because it, it doesn't become hot uh, 20 minutes, sorry, it doesn't become harmful after mm -hmm. 20 minutes. All that happens is you, you start to see a decrease in the benefits. Yep. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very curious biological response, which we don't really understand. We know it happens because we can test um, uh, anti-inflammatories in the blood with red light therapy, and we know that they, go, they start to decrease after 20 minutes. So we say to everybody, we say to all our clients, we say 20 minutes max, that's all you need, um, and then you switch your light off and you carry on with the day. 
Perfect. That's pretty much what I've been doing my last two days with it. So <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, have you noticed oh, oh. what what's sort of the uh, feedback on sleep? Because I know you're into your sleep tracking, which we'll talk about in a wee minute. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's showing great benefits for sleep because red light therapy has been shown to increase uh, the production of melatonin in the brain. Um, so it increases brain melatonin, which of course goes into the blood, then it also increases the production of melatonin in other places around the body because you know the body produces melatonin in a couple of different places. Um, so that's something that I use a lot. I use, you know, in, in the context of sleep, I use just the red light. You know, there's there's the red and infrared, and, I, and I, you have the device that gives off both of those. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that is the, you know, more bang for your buck sure. um, layout. To, to get because you want the red and the infrared because they have the broadest range of benefits. Mm -hmm. But in the context of sleep, just the red light alone has been shown to increase melatonin production and um, uh, help people fall asleep quicker. Yeah. So that's how I use my light. So is that why you recommend my light more of a use in the morning, maybe a little bit in the afternoon, but not before you go to bed because of the uh, infrared? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, look, uh, what I'm going to say is do you experiment yourself. Sure. Because my friends and some of my clients and my business partner has uses the, inf the the combination of the two at night and reports no negative side effects with sleep. But with me, if I have infrared at night, I just lie awake a little bit longer than normal. Yeah. Like it feels like I've had a coffee, my, my brain is working and I'm thinking, you know, rapidly and I'm having all these crazy ideas about what I should do mm -hmm. uh, when I'm actually when I'm actually trying to go to sleep, you know, so I found in my experience that infrared doesn't really assist me with sleep, but it's everyone is slightly different, you know, like, you know, you might um, do really well in keto, someone else might not, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's the same example, you know, it's, we're, we're all so different, we're all so unique, yeah. um, that we need to experiment, you know, exactly. but very broadly speaking, everybody can benefit from red and infrared lights because everybody has bodies usually, everybody has cells, everybody has mitochondria, so everybody can benefit from an increase in mitochondrial energy and an increase in those anti-inflammatories. Brilliant, love it. And you have the um, aura ring to track your sleep, as do I. <laughs> yes. I saw your uh, Instagram this morning with all your, but you got no deep sleep last night, but your REM was out That's of control. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm the it's, same. I mean, it's, it's more of a joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I did laugh just the way you just went, LOL. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I had, yeah. I think the most REM I've had is five hours as well. And it's like, what is going on in my brain? Although you said you were dreaming, but I couldn't yeah. remember my dreams. It is the dream state, but yeah. I wasn't recalling yeah. anything. Um, was it, So because you're sort of into your biohacking, could you work out why you didn't get your deep sleep last night? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure it's down to uh, blue light. Yeah, you know, I'm obviously under artificial. I'm staying with my parents right now, and you know, they're not biohackers, so they haven't <laughs> chosen their, their their light bulbs with yeah. intent. You know, they just kind of got the you know they're kind of old, so they just got the biggest brightest lights they can find. So it's just you know, like I was saying earlier, just it is what it is right now. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to come to my parents' house and start demanding candle lights and, and changing all the light bulbs. Yeah. Um, so I, I, and I was obviously working on the computer last night at around 8.30 p.m. I also did a, a high intensity workout at about 6.30 p.m., yeah. which is quite close, you know, not you know, that close to bed, but you know, you, sh you should exercise as far away from sleep as possible. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's, it's a combination of all of those. And, and I know that, you know, when I've been sitting around the campfire in the past and then gone to sleep, I've had phenomenal deep sleep, yeah. you know. So this, for, the, for people who, you know, might not see the link there, um, the, the campfire and the red light and the infrared light, it's, it's so good for us as humans and we respond so well to it because you know millions of years ago when when we were hunter gatherers and we discovered fire and began to utilize fire what would we do we would sit around the campfire at night for warmth and safety and there's nothing else to do but stare into the flames um, mm -hmm. and then go to sleep yeah. and we now know that obviously what comes from a fire is red light orange light yellow light and plenty of infrared light which from my own experience and using my, my aura tracking ring, I realized that, that that was just one night a couple of months ago. I sat in front of a campfire for hours, went to sleep and had the deepest, the longest deep sleep I've ever had, nearly two hours. And the only thing that changed is that I was sitting in front of a fire and not under artificial light. So I'm pretty sure it's the artificial light. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's we're Today we are scared to get bored. We have to pick up a smartphone and mindlessly scroll and we're all guilty of it <laughs> but mm -hmm. if you're sleep absolutely if myself you're, yeah if your sleep um suffers you've, you've got to sort of start tweaking a few things because you know yourself if you haven't slept deeply you, i mean last night my deep sleep was about 40 minutes that's not amazing either and i, I can because it was out late last night that's exactly mm. the reason why my optimal bedtime shifted forward so i was kind of a wee bit off sync and i feel a little mm -hmm. bit off today and you know i know why um, but a lot of people will maybe just think, oh, well, I got my eight hours. Why did I still feel bad? Because they didn't get mm -hmm, their deep sleep mm -hmm. and they were on their phone right before going to bed. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So, Brian, I want to be mindful of your time. So finally, I ask everyone this question. If you could give our listeners one final thought today, one Brian nugget that they can incorporate <laughs> into their lives to build that better body, what would that be? Hashtag red light. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's such a loaded question because... You know, it, it depends, you know, what, what state you're in, where you're suffering, where, where you would like to improve. Mm -hmm. um, you can pick a few. You know, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say one thing that I'm really focusing on now, the, the message that I like to share with people is the best thing you can do is stay open-minded. Because if you're trapped like I was in the vegetarian diet, thinking that this is the best way to be, it's the best diet to have, no doubt about it. Um, yet you're sick at the same time, you know, if you don't have an open mind, you're not going to say, well, look, you know, I might have to consider another way of eating or, or another way of, of, of living, you know. So mm -hmm. I would definitely say um, have an open mind about that. And um, something else that's, that really helps me on, the, on a daily basis because, you know, as, as, as I get more into the stuff and as I practice it more, my day gets busier and busier because you know I'm, I'm meditating for an hour in the morning then i'm you know i'm going for a run then i'm skipping then i'm then i'm um uh, journaling and reading inspiring books um then i'm having you know then i'm having my coffee then i'm you know this then at the end of the day i'm having my cold showers i'm meditating again i'm working out it's this and then i'm doing my red light therapy and this is a lot to to fit into your day and the reason why i'm able to do this is because i have very very clear goals mm. i have very clear defined goals of why i'm doing this okay so for anybody who is who is wanting to change their life doesn't matter what if it's change their career change their health change their relationship change their attitude change anything mm. you have to have a why yeah. why 
doing this. And the why has to be more important than yourself. Yeah. You know, the, so what I mean by that is the why has to be why because I want to be an example to my kids or I want to be an example to my pa- my parents and my family and my friends and I want to show them that X, Y, Z goal is possible with commitment and dedication. So if someone if someone's trying to lose weight, why? Why do you want to lose weight? Understand that deeply and then have goals. And the best way to have these goals is to write them down. Mm-hmm. I want to lose weight because. I want to lose weight by X date because. Um, and then find pictures of people that you admire. Read books of people that you admire. Listen to podcasts. Listen to interviews. You know, make like tweak your Facebook so that you only get inspiration that's going to help you towards your goals mm-hmm. because you have to keep your goals in the front of your mind at all times because when it comes down to making a decision whether to eat the the cake or to stick to your salad if you don't have your goal at the forefront of your mind you're going to eat the cake because yeah. the cake's a lot more fun and then you're going to realize halfway through oh shit I've just made a mistake <laughs> so I've I've brain, brainwashed myself to such a degree that almost every decision I make it comes into the front of my mind. Is this taking you towards your goal or is it taking you away from your goal? Perfect. And then I, then I have the opportunity to make that decision then and there. I and I usually, I usually make the better decision. So make those goals. Those are great. Those are very, very actionable words. And I'm taking away, question everything, even us, and find your why. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Do you follow uh, Simon Sinek? He was the one that brought up the whole why. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I I did read his book uh, years ago. I think it's called Start with Why. That's right. Um, it's definitely definitely one of my big inspirations. You know why? Because if you know if your goal is because I want this, mm-hmm. then it's easy to let yourself down. Yeah. You know, but you know, in the, in the context of of living a healthy lifestyle, you know, especially if you have a family, it's why do you want to be healthy? Because I don't want to be dead before my, you know, my kids have got to university or something. You know, that's a very powerful one. I don't want to be, be dead and leave my wife without a husband. You know, oh, it's a very sure. powerful why. Yeah, find your why. It propels you and it inspires you to keep going. I love it. So, Brian, that was absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed that chat. But where okay. is the best place for people to connect with you on the web? Yeah, so they can um, they can find me through our company Red Light Rising, uh, and they can check out the website that is redlightrising.co.uk. Uh, of course, we're on Facebook as well, Red Light Rising, and Instagram is at Red Light Rising. If they check that out, they can find um, my social media handle is there as well on the, on the bio page, as well as my business partner, James. He's also very involved with the company, and he's also a biohacker just like me. Um, so they can they can find their way to me there. I actually look after the Instagram as well. So if anybody's got any questions, I'll be the one attending to those questions, and, I, and I'm always available on the email and, and the, through the website anytime. Fabulous, Brian. No, thank you very, very much. That was very interesting, very inspiring, and I'm sure people will get a lot from it. They'll want to do some actionable steps, I reckon. Perfect, perfect. I hope so. All right, Brian. Thank you very much. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. If you have any specific concerns, please consult with your general practitioner before embarking on anything new.